Hi, I'm Lydia. Hi, I'm Jesse. And I'm Adam. Let's talk Hoya. Hello, welcome back to, oh shoot, I said it. You did say it. Welcome to Let's Talk Hoya, a podcast where we talk about Hoya. (laughs) (laughs) So today we're jumping into part two of our Hoya series that we're doing. Our last episode was on thick-leaved Hoya, so if you haven't listened to it, you should go back and give it a little listen but today we're moving onwards and talking about thin-leaved hoya. Blah. Just kidding. <laughs> I'm no, slowly moving I over know. to the dark side. I was about to say, look at all those thin-leaved hoyas on your shelves. I know you are not <laughs> trying to diss them. Uh, no. <laughs> but also, I know that there are some listeners out there who love thin-leaved hoya. And we accept you. I mean, we love you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really excited to get into this because I do not have a lot of knowledge or experience. So I'm here to learn. We love and affirm you. Yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, I think when we, as we're talking about Thin Leaf Toya, we should clarify because I feel like a lot of foliage on Hoya, it's kind of a spectrum. Like there's the ones that are like thick and the ones that are like paper thin and then there's ones that are all in the middle you know what i mean and i feel like the ones in the middle are like elliptica or pandorata or those ones are kind of more ambiguous in in a way yeah um so i think for today we'll just kind of group those partially but then we'll talk about the ones where it's like paper thin like definitely not like you know a latifolia or those really big biggins yeah or even any small leaf hoya that has like really thick chubby leaves we're not talking about you today yeah because those aren't thin leaf hoya <laughs> and, and we did say tend, in, in our other episode i just that tend small to group leaves. small leaves and, thin. yeah and yeah, I get so that. yeah i'm clarifying that for people who think like me because we have superior brains, <laughs> that 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 correlation is not what we are making here today. And I mean, you said elliptica is one of the ones, and I I agree with you, but not all forms, because like you know the round form, and the other one that's not here, those are pretty hard. But that one, the like the more oval one, is is a lot thinner. Yeah, some of them, some of them definitely are. But I feel like even for those, the ones that are kind of like in the middle. I wouldn't truly classify as like a thin leaf Toya are relatively easy to take care of, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Wait, example. Like, what are you thinking? Mm, I'm thinking. Multiflora. Do you classify that as not a thin leaf? I think that's a thin leaf Toya. Okay. Yeah, it's pretty thin. But like Pandorata, especially. Okay. Um, Bermanica, Bermanica. Mm-hmm. What about Polly? Where does that one fall? Oh. For you? Oh, yeah. Polynera is kind of in the middle. Yeah, that wouldn't be like the same as uh, it's not, Pandorata. Yeah, it's not like I don't know where that rolling R came from. I know you're, <laughs> you're 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 harnessing your inner Jesse. <laughs> yeah, Adamcito is Mexican today. <laughs> Pandorata. <laughs> I heard that too, and I was like, Oh, okay, okay, from. that's what we're doing today. Um, or even like the Nicholsonier, Nicholsonier New Guinea goes. Like those are all ones okay. where I feel like. They're like smack dab kind of in the middle. They're definitely not a thick leaf. They're definitely not paper thin, but they're kind of like, oh, like this one is a little bit, it's a little bit different, you know? Ambiguous. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But I feel like all of those, I care for more like just thick leaf Toya. Like they're, they're still pretty sturdy in my opinion. When you say you care for, that means your collection? Mm-hmm, in my collection. Not that that's your preference. No, okay. no, not my preference. But in my collection, like how they grow in my collection, I feel like I take care of them very much like I do. Oh, I like literally leave okay. Toya, but they definitely can't go dry all the way. Well. They get really wrinkly. Okay, but you can't can. say that because that one, that one Pandorata went too dry. No, it bounced back. No, the, not the one I'm looking at right now. Oh, no, that one's just ugly. 
She's I'm pretty still, sure she's she was just really looking, thirsty. She's still looking a little struggle bus there. Yeah, I mean, but it'll be fine. Trust me. This is this is my circus, okay? These are your monkeys? Yeah, okay, but they can go... There's a point where they can go too dry, but I don't think you can stay. They can never go dry. Okay, yeah, they can't never <laughs> go dry, but... But they're still pretty Not sturdy, advised. you know, like you can grow them in Ambien and I, I say they fall more into the category of how we care for like our thicker leaf Toya mm -hmm. than they will for like a thinner leaf Toya, you know? Mm -hmm. So I just wanted to put that out there. And so let's talk about, let's talk about some of the, the thin babes, you know, I feel like they're coming, they're coming into, um, to popularity here recently, mostly because of the blooms. Yeah, I think that's the big that's the big draw is blooms. I mean, that's a draw for me for sure is seeing different you know different unique blooms, and they seem to have those. And surprisingly, like the bigger size blooms too, mm -hmm. which I would not have correlated in my top tier brain. Yeah, me either. I mean, they got to make up for you know the lemon tree foliage. <laughs> You know, Someone see, I that. would like it to be on record that I was not the first one to bring that up. Who was? Well, during this episode. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> okay. I know. Okay. I was okay. not the person to say that in this episode, <laughs> but to me, to, to me, untrained eye, thin leaf Hoya, especially ones that have very similar leaf. Citrusy. Tend to be very citrusy looking. Yes. And that is why they don't have like this like appeal of I really want to collect that to me personally. That doesn't mean anyone's wrong. That this is my anything. opinion. This is my opinion. So very humble. <laughs> so let's clarify when we're talking about thin leaved Hoya in this episode, I would say the ones that fall under that category, some more common ones that people may know of are ones like Mapichera. Or amicabilis, um, platycolis. What would be some other ones? Um, What's the one with the big? Campanulata. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Campanulata, danumensis. Yeah, the first ones you just named are the ones on my shelf that I can see. That I can <laughs> see. So you just took That's them all from me. probably she named them. I mean, I would say the, the carii is kind of thin or no. Well, I, actually, no, once they harden off, they're pretty hard. Yeah, they're pretty, they're pretty thick. So those are the, those are kind of the ones that we're talking Medusa, about. Medusa, that one's like, a thin leafed. Oh yeah, Medusa. Where when you like touch the foliage, it feels like paper. Thinner than cardstock, mm -hmm. where like the foliage is more like flexible, pliable, mm -hmm. and it just seems more delicate. You know what I mean? Like when you touch it in comparison to a Hoya that has like those thick thick leaves you know yeah you can't say the word delicate around two taylor swift fans though why because immediately we're summons, singing in our head yeah it summons things okay well <laughs> it makes things it happen summons things. if i had a thesaurus in front of me uh -huh. i'd be like another word for delicate what's another word for delicate fragile Fragile, but see, I don't want to say fragile because they're not all fragile, though. You know, oh, but man. I feel like they are because no, you can't, no, 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 you can't scratch the leaf or it'll scar. You can't bend it or it'll break. You can't let it dry out or it'll wilt. You can't overwater it or it'll turn <laughs> okay, yellow. Well, like this girl has... is dramatic. <laughs> no, clearly one of us gotta... has an agenda for this episode. <laughs> I know. I'm just hate, saying. hate, 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 hate. <laughs> I'm entitled to my own feelings and opinions. It's my opinion. <laughs> anyway. Okay, well, let's let's talk a little bit about, you know, what we do as far as when we care for these thin-leaved babes. Should we start with lighting? Yeah. Um, I definitely give mine less light than I would the thicker-leaved Hoyas. So a lot of mine are either like hidden under shadows of other plants or in my bedroom where it's not like getting grow lights. It's just natural North window. Like the Medusa's in the bedroom and it's like thriving. So, yeah. yeah. So I don't, I don't give them strong, strong light because I have noticed that it does 
turn them chlorotic pretty quickly, like especially mm-hmm. the thin leaf. Like they go, they change their color. They turn yellow very fast. Yeah. No, I 100% agree. Like none of my thin leaf Toyas sit directly under grow lights or anything like that, which honestly though is kind of nice, especially when you're working with a small space, you know? And light is, I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a scarcity, right? Like you got to find all the light, right lighting for all of your plants. But when you have ones that don't need as much light, then that gives you the opportunity to put them in different places, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, once, once you have like a bunch of trellis Toya up, it's kind of nice to just like kind of tuck them in, in between those. Cause it, it's almost mm-hmm. like they're on the underbrush of trees, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I don't, I don't stick any of mine directly under any grow lights it doesn't matter what the spectrum is um they're pretty much pulled back from them and i even have some where the grow light is like a significant amount away from the shelf and my thinly toya because they they do great i mean they grow great and they're thriving even without the harsh light you know mm-hmm. um but not to say i wouldn't consider them to be like low light though you know what i mean like because yeah. i think Especially for people who are maybe newer to plants, I feel like when you think low light, they think, oh, I don't have to give this plant any light. And so I don't want then people to think like, oh, then I can get this plant and I can put it in my bathroom with no light. and It's <laughs> going to do great. Like, it's not that either. No, they definitely need light, but they don't need like the harsh, harsh lights that we tend to give some of our other Hoya. So, yeah, yeah that was my only like observation that I was going to say, like, I definitely don't use like the big t8 barina lights on the shelves where i do have any of the thinner leaf hoya i do have a few couple in my collection and they are in a they are in um like a much bigger distance from the light but they are the smaller strips rather than the huge like ones that also give like heat and stuff Mm -hmm. um because quickly my leaves will start to go wonky your girl's a thin thin leaf loving girl So I'm really trying to up the appeal of thin leaves during this episode. I have the opposite agenda of (laughs) Jesse. So I'm saying like, you know, if you're really running out of space on your shelves and you're like, shoot, like I can't, I can't have any more plants that have like the optimal light where they have to be like right underneath the grow light. You get some thin leaf Toya, you can tuck them in there in the little shadows of your shelf and they will love it. Yeah. And that's the way you can get more plants. Would you characterize (laughs) the Paradisier as a thin leafed? I would say that it is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And what about Crassy Pitiolata? No. No. No? Those leaves are pretty... They're, yeah. they're more like ambiguous. I wouldn't say they're like thick, thick. They're like but they're, they're like thicker. Mm-hmm. They make me think of like Calistophylla. Um, like things that feel a little more Jurassic. Like it's not thick in like... Like... With? Top to bottom. But there's something like sturdy about them. I just wanted to be sure we were on the same page about that. Yeah. Um, one that I do have in my collection that is a thin leaf Hoya is the Hoya Butoy. Botoy. I don't know how you guys say it. Oh, I think it's either, I've heard it pronounced Buoti or Buoti. Yeah, I have that Hoya. Um, I do have it the in a. on that one is really pretty actually. Yeah, they are really. They're fuzzy. They're kind of like Bella, but fuzzy. Anyway, I have it in a cabinet with humidity and with the smaller strip lights. And it's actually has been pretty easy to take care of and has gone like longer periods of time with no water. But again, I have it in humidity. So mm-hmm. I feel like that really helps with, um, to like counteract my lack of water. Yeah. And we will, we will get to how well they grow, <laughs> which is another perk of thinly Toya. <laughs> but speaking of watering, yeah, we should, we should definitely talk about that. We should. Yeah. I feel like you have an agenda with that topic, and I don't know what it is. Well, no, I don't. I don't. Um, but you know, you know, the thing that surprised me with um, Thin, Thin Leaf Toya this year is that there are quite, there are more of them than I thought that mm-hmm. can do well in ambient. But I think yeah. one of the caveats to that, though, is if you have your Thin Leaves in ambient, you do have to make sure that they don't go bone dry. Yeah. Well, I feel like we need a caveat. I know the devil doesn't even advocate, but. (laughs) But Adam is the exception, guys. You cannot be Adam. You cannot recreate his magic because he he does special things in this plant where they defy the odds. 
No, but I'm just, I'm specifically like in my head, my first thought was my Mapajera. Like that one, I mean, all, all of my Hoya do go dry, but I don't do it for an extended period of time unless I'm in, you know, my depression era, which <laughs> does pop up, which is why this shelf was so dry for a long time. But it, it's bouncing back. But those ones, they could take the heat, but I don't, I don't recommend, and they, they can go dry, just not extended amount of time. Yeah, I think they're but just But they'd probably more, be happier not going dry. Yeah, they're they're definitely more dramatic. I feel like, you know, some of the thicker leaf Toya, even if they're bone dry, like sometimes you don't even notice because the foliage is still just like, boop, like yeah. you would just never know. But a thinner leaf Toya, as soon as it's dry, those leaves are just like, I mean, they wilt like spinach. Yeah. <laughs> they're just like, I'm My- sad. <laughs> and then the new leaves, like, they're not going to make it. They're going to yellow and fall off. Yeah. If you have blooms going, they're probably going to pop off. So my recommendation is pop to off as them. in like blast, not like, Ooh, girl, yeah. pop off. Yeah. yeah. Opposite <laughs> of that. Like, Ooh, that popped off. Womp womp. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so watering, I feel like is, is, yeah. you know, something that you have to be a little bit more, more mindful about. Yeah. I mean, if your plants go dry after like five days and you're on a seven day vacation, I think it'll probably be fine, but it shouldn't be a consistent thing. Yeah. Not like every single week. Don't hire someone just to water your thin leaf toys if they're just going to be dry for a a day. Yeah. But. (laughs) But what can help with that, though, is if you get yourself a grow tent or Ikea cabinet. Yeah. That helps extend how fast or not fast your plant dries out yeah so i mean honestly my like much bigger thin leaves now i there's just like no space left and i can't like logically get another cabinet i don't have the space for it (laughs) so i've yeeted out some of the bigger ones and what i've done as i was doing that i upsized the pot and make sure that there was like a good chunk of space in the cash po so the water reservoir now there's more mm-hmm. so it kind of compensates for that too but a lot of my thinner leaf toya i have inside a cabinet and they don't dry out as fast so yeah. then i don't have to worry about like oh i have to water these ones like every five days opposed to all my other plants that i water every like seven to eight days they can go the same amount of time because i have them in a higher humidity environment so i'm adding an episode idea like vacation plant hacks remember because you could just take your thin leaves and just put them if you don't want a tent and you only have a few you could just put them in a like a clear container like this when you're on vacation and that that would make it last longer but vacation plant hacks hacks also back in the day when people would be like just put your plants in a in a trough of of water or like stick a wicking cord in your plant that attaches to a trough of water and, and that'll, it'll keep it watered for the whole vacation or whatever. Remember those memes? Bro? Yeah. But I did do the waking cord thing once I think where it was like a pitcher of water and I just like put the cord up, but that's when I grew in soil and that was way back in the day. Yeah. Would you consider Hoya Piesta Lopez a thin leaf Hoya? Well, you know, Piesta Lopez, like, the, the immature leaves are definitely thin, but as they mature, they get very thick. I feel like it's more like a spectrum for that one. Yeah. What about the IM08? Like those are, those are pretty thin too, but they're hardy though. Yay or nay? As, as far as thin leaved. Mm. Cause they're pretty flexible. They are. They are like when the new leaves come in, they feel really delicate. (gasps) (laughs) Is it cool that I say all that? I'm just saying. (laughs) (laughs) Delicate, delicate, delicate. Let's talk about just the fertilizer real quick. You have a hack. I do. So, um, you know, how long has it been? It's been almost like two years since I entered my era of I'm just going to do everything that Adam does because his plants are going a lot better than mine. <laughs> and still has not achieved similar results. That's the only reason we're friends. Oh, <laughs> she was like, she's like, I'm going to find a diary and it's going to be like infiltrate Adam <laughs> to figure out. It's going to be the, the Janice Ian Pretend list. to be his friend so I can get all the secrets. <laughs> get rid of his hot bod. <laughs> Infiltrate house. She's already got rid of my hot bod because she makes me go get dessert all the time. <laughs> <laughs> Steal Krabby Patty. Patty. <laughs> Steal Krabby Patty formula. 
<laughs> remember last Stick. year around like Christmas time? I remember you were like, I think I think Steve and I are going to go on a diet. And then I literally showed up with a box of chocolates for the both of you. It was unintentional. Okay. But I it mean, was like, no, you and Steve are not. <laughs> she goes back home and she just like puts her fingers together and she was like, they think they're doing a diet. I have other plans. Did she I tell like you the, that those were the chocolates that her mom used to make the wrestling um, students lose a bunch of weight? No. <laughs> when they're trying to move up a weight class. Oh. <laughs> it's a mean girls reference. No. I was going to say, I'm like, I'm like the mean girls where they're like, oh yeah, like there's these bars. The calteen bars. Is. Yeah, <laughs> the <Calteen> bar. <laughs> those things make you gain like, weight like crazy. No. Oh yeah. You said lost, but I'm going to yeah. get over that. And then she made you, um, your face smell like a foot. That snail mucin that I got you, it's foot cream. Yeah. <laughs> I'm seeing a lot of red flags here. <laughs> a lot of mean girl flags. <laughs> to be specific. Okay, um, so two years since you've been mimicking me. Oh, yes. Yes. And I, and I Good realized Good job, because you're that, into dudes too. <laughs> <laughs> I realized that... Um, like the amount of fertilizer that you use for your plants is more than mine. And so naturally I was like, okay, well I'm going to do that too. But I did notice, I mean, I feel like it's been in the past at least year and a half that I really, really fall in love with an Aleve Toya. And so I was just using the same amount of fertilizer all around on my entire collection. But then I started realizing on some of the ones, especially with like more. You can say delicate. Oh, I was going to say it was a synonym for delicate. Um, though, especially the ones with more delicate foliage, like I started noticing that they were getting chlorotic, like my beautiful, vibrant green foliage was going yellow and like I would check and look and see like, oh my gosh, like, is it dying? Like, do I need to like, you know, check the roots and I would check the roots and they would be fine and check for pests and they would be fine. And I thought, I wonder if it's because it's the amount of fertilizer. So what I did was I just, into a gallon jug, I put half of the nutrient solution that I was using for all of my Hoya. And then I filled the remaining half with purified water. So I just dilute it in half. So I don't have to make like a brand new batch, you know? Um, and I started using that and literally the color started coming back. Really? On my Hoya that were going chlorotic. So then ever since then... I dilute the amount of nutrient solution that I use on my more delicate than leaf Toya. Um, and they still grow just as fast, just as fine, but it definitely seems to impact the foliage. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I haven't, I haven't really done that myself. Well, I kind of have, cause I'll just, I'll keep my regular nutrient solution that I have in my jug. I'll put a little into the cash bow and then I'll put distilled like that purified water then I'll fill up the rest of the way with that. So I kind of have, I don't have a separate jug for it, but, um, I had to do that with my Micabellus cause that one I was noticing. It gets like the, it's almost like yellow speckles. Yeah. Yeah. Especially that one light and probably mm. fertilizer. That's really the only one I've noticed on the ones that I have. I mean, you, you clear, you have a lot more thinner leaf toya than I do, but it's yeah. a good hack. I think I've been doing the like lazy version of that because because I have my thinner leaf Hoyas in a cabinet, I don't water them as often as I do everything in the office. And so every other watering, I just use fridge water, which I bet dilutes the nutrients I've been given. Because I do use the same solution to everything. But every whenever I fill up the little humidifier in there, I just use that same fridge water. Do you? For the rest of them. So the lazy way is... It's working. You're not like putting your plant up to the fridge thing and just going. No. <laughs> Bro, that water would be cold. I know. Your plants would be like, burr. <laughs> it is fridge water, though, what I put in the humidifier. So, yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. I mean, they're fine. Yeah. They're like, we're alive. Still alive. <laughs> That's from the crudes. I'm still alive. Different reference, but sure. <laughs> Okay, okay. So now back to humidity. Oh, we're gonna jump to humidity. Okay. Should yeah, we? Yeah, that goes that goes hand in hand with watering. Yeah. Ish. Well not really, but No. <laughs> but since I referenced the cabinet and everything. Um, Ooh. Yeah, so But yeah, I have I have been very surprised by 
the thin leaved Hoya that are able to make an ambient. And, you know, to this day, the person who really like started that for me was Wendy from show me your at show me your leaves on Instagram, Mm -hmm. because I mean, granted she does live in California. Sandy. No, she lives in an area of California that says human. Yeah. Not San Diego. Sorry. Yeah. But, um, she's also a fellow thin leaved Hoya lover and all of her collection is an ambient. And yeah. she has thin leaf babes that are growing beautifully in ambient environments. And so that's when, you know, when I was rapidly running out of space, I was like, you know what? Like some of these bigger ones, I'm going to pull them out and see how they do. And I have, I don't know, like a very good chunk of thin leaved Hoya that are in ambient now. So. No negative effects. No negative effects. Do you think it helped the maturity of the plant or do you think that factors in at all? I think it depends on the plant. Okay. I think there are like some thin leaved toya that I'm not sure I would take out of humidity. And that's just like me personally. I think they just grow better growing in humidity. And if I have the space for it and I can allot them a spot in my cabinet, like I'll just leave them there. Um, But all of the ones that like I've pulled out of the cabinet were a little bit mature. And they just kept on going like they they didn't stop. And I think maybe that helped with just like acclimation that like they are nice and sturdy, like they're very mature and developed. And so there wasn't any like loss of leaves or, you know, anything like that. But see, my method is and again, I don't have a ton of thin leaved. I have more than I, you know, did two months ago, three months ago. But I once they're rooted in the prop box then I kind of just move them right into ambient. And just throw them out to the wolves, sink or swim. But so far, like I'm surprised too. Like the Mapajera, that's a gorgeous thin leaf toya, mm-hmm. and beautiful blooms too. And it's just like loving life and in ambient, you know. And that one surprised me because I was like, "Oh, this is gonna be difficult." But no, it's it's a really it's a beautiful foliaged thin leaf toya, beautiful bloom, and it just can take a beating. Yeah, I mean, I was worried what would happen is like the edges would start crisping up Mm. and they would just like do poorly and it wasn't going to happen. But I mean, the ones that I've put out, like I'm confident that they're going to be fine and they're growing beautifully. So, you know, yeah, so I think they're going to be fine. But there are definitely like some that I I would never. And one like classic example for me is Hoya Medinillifolia. Okay. I don't think I would ever, I would ever grow outside of the cabinet. I know some people do, but they are huge, like spider mite magnets. So I think without the humidity, like those spider mites just latch on. And also that foliage literally is paper thin. Like if you remember from your grade school days and you have a rulered paper and like, if you remember how thin that paper is, that is like how thin the foliage is on this Hoya. And it doesn't matter like if the leaves get bigger or they're smaller, like it's always consistently just so paper thin. It's probably one of my thinnest leaf toyas. And I think it really does well in humidity because it is prone to getting like crispy leaf edges. So there are some, but I think it's, you know, just, just kind of play by ear. And if you're thinking, oh, I want to move one of my thin leaf toy out into ambient, like if it's, if it's big enough, take a security cutting. You know, and mm-hmm. leave one in the cabinet and let it root and grow and then put in ambient and see how it does. And if it does awesome, hey, great. Then you have two plants now. <laughs> okay. But for 2024, can one of your challenges be to prop that and try it? What, Hoya Medinillifolia? Yeah, I'll try oh, it. Oh, yeah, I did. It oh. did. I did. It got spider mites. It just died. Oh. So it declined so quickly. I've never seen a plant decline so quickly Adam, before. can you try in 2024? Yeah, I mean... I feel like you're the king of defying the odds. No. Maybe keep it away from all your other shelves in case it, it does like, naturally just sprout spider mites. It is a really pretty Hoya. I really do like the the oh, design on the veins. Yeah, I want one, the, but mm, I haven't looked for one. Yeah, it's pretty It's pretty notorious for being being pretty finicky. Does the green plant sell it? Um, I've sold. I've sold a couple. They don't ship well. They're very poor shippers. So I would say if you want to get one shift, just get it overnighted. And I think this time of year now, like you've, well. I feel like the green plant could deliver to my cabinet. Like, I don't need to worry about (laughs) shipping. (laughs) 
That's why I asked if the green plant sells it. But if you're trying to get one shipped to you, I would say. Damn, she really just said that. No, like for the listeners, you know, avoid like the times of the year where the weather is just not good, like super cold or super hot. Just wait for like that perfect time of year and make sure it gets to you at least within two days. And I think you're fine, you know, you know, so. Those blooms are also very cute. I I wouldn't mind trying this one, but. Let me see. If you find yourself with an extra cutting. I have, maybe I will. Maybe I'll get a greenhouse cabinet. Cute. I cut it recently. Okay, well. It's very hashtag lavender haze. Yeah. It is really pretty. That's that. I mean, the blooms are beautiful. Yeah. I think even for like some of the thinner leaf toyas, especially the ones with like the campanula blooms. Mm-hmm. I've heard that some of them... Even if the plant itself does find an ambient, the blooms don't open all the way unless they're in a higher humidity environment. So even for like specific type of blooms that are campanulate, I think I might even just leave some of those Hoya inside the cabinet to be able to see those blooms open all the way, you know? Yeah. So that is also like a consideration because not, I mean, not all thin leaf Hoya have campanulate blooms. There's like so many varieties of blooms that you can get. With some leaf toya, but I think the campanulate ones, until I see them bloom. Once I see them bloom, then I'm like, okay. But I like that first one, I gotta, I gotta see it, you know. So yeah, <laughs> yeah because my mapajera, my mapajera blooms all the time, but I don't know if they fully open. Also, they kind of do it at night. Mm-hmm. I need to do another time lapse of them just to see, but they, I doubt they will fully open. And then my um, subspecies tenbrosa. Oh, Wallichii, subspecies Tembrosa. Uh, beautiful bloom there on that one too. And I, they bloom all the time, but it doesn't like fully roll back. Mm. And it's just a one day, you know, a one one day kind of bloom. Mm-hmm. So it would be cool to see that in its like full glory. Hello, Let's Talk Hoya family. We want to take a moment to share the exciting news of our official launch for exclusive content, aka Peduncle Pals. Through your support, we will be able to keep this podcast going, but also connect with all of you listeners in a more meaningful way. By becoming one of our Peduncle Pals, you'll gain access to two additional After Chat episodes a month, some listener shoutouts, special events, and our exclusive Facebook group. We can't wait to continue to grow this Hoya community with you Peduncle Pals and hope you join us. You can subscribe via the link on our show notes or our Instagram bio. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. I bloomed a thing with Hoya one. Which one? Hoya Bella. <laughs> it bloomed um, and then it died. Um, <laughs> the death bloom. Yes, yeah. it was a death bloom. Goodbye, but cruel world. I can check that off on my bingo card. <laughs> I'm still taking it as a W. <laughs> okay. So that's what we do for, for environment. Mm-hmm. And even if you don't get all of the environment exactly right, as long as your thin-leaved Hoya is happy, I have to say nothing grows faster or better than a thin-leaved Hoya, in my humble opinion. Really? They grow so fast, don't they? Like, even like your Mapijera, when I had given that to you, it was only like four nodes. Papashonii, I've definitely seen it in those. That one does. Papashonii. Those things grow like weeds. Like, where's the roundup? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, my Medusa is growing pretty quickly, too. There's like eight sets of leaves on that now. And I don't know if it's because, do you think because the leaves aren't as thick, the plant doesn't have to, like, put in, yeah, to produce the leaves, maybe? I mean, non-scientifically, possibly. I mean, it seems like it would make sense, but I don't, I don't know the real answer to that. But I mean, there's a lot less tissue to to develop, Mm -hmm. so... It does make sense that that could be the reason why. 
And I've even had like thin leaves where when they were smaller, they struggled a little bit, but then like they established themselves. And then once they did, I mean, it would just pop off. I would just get multiple sets of leaves every week. So they just grow super, super fast in my opinion, which is very rewarding, you know? Yeah. So another perk. You want to see them plants grow? <laughs> Get yourself some thin-leaved Hoya uh, because, Hoya. yeah, they're just gonna reward you with, you know, lots and lots of gorgeous foliage. Lydia's really uh, <laughs> hitting them highlights. She's really selling, really selling sunset here. <laughs> okay, pot size. Mm. Now, do you treat your thin-leaved Hoyas differently as far as pot size goes than you would the rest of your Hoya? I like pay attention to the roots pretty closely on my thin leaf toya. And, you know, we grow in hydro and so we can, we can, and our pots are clear. And so we can see the roots. And I definitely have some thin leaf toya where, you know, the, the leaves are very, very thin. They're almost like, like finer than angel hair pasta, you know? And those ones I feel like, you know, they take a long time to fill out the pot. And so like I could probably keep it in a four inch pot for a few years before I even have to upgrade to a bigger pot. Mm-hmm. But I do have some thinner leaf Toya where the roots just start taking over so fast and you just see it wrapped all the way around the pot. And then all the roots are like coming into the cash po and it dries out extremely fast. Yeah. Wow. What, so, what colors do that? Um, there's a few like the Coriaceae silver that I have. Roots grow like crazy, and I feel like it's a super thirsty plant. And so that one got a, a pot into like a five point five. Um, but also Hoya haliconensis. Um, what was another one that I potted recently? Um, Hoya sua cien. Huensis. That's a mouthful. Yeah. Hoya <laughs> yeah. Lokii. Wait, say that other one like three times in a row really fast. The one the Antis. my Saxon is talking. I'm good, I'm good. Um, Hoya Lokii. Um, what was the other one? Oh, Phylura. Like those ones, the roots are pretty thick, kind of like how um, multiflora roots are. Mm-hmm. And they just grow so, so fast. And I feel like when there's so much roots in a pot, it just takes up so much more of the moisture in, you know, the nutrients that's in the cash post. So like those ones, I've just observed that, okay, these are drying out really fast and when they dry out fast, especially like phylura or haliconensis, the leaves, those leaves are a little bit thinner. Like they just get so like... Rah. Mm-hmm. you know and so i uppotted those but besides maybe like a half a dozen or so that i have in like a much bigger pot size most of mine are happy in four inches so yeah you know like thin leaves i have noticed that the some of them the roots like you said are very thin and it almost reminds me of like peperomia roots <gasps> yes like, that's exactly what it is that's a very like thin and delicate roots that are yeah like they're as thin as i want to i want to give a visual like they're as thin as i feel like some of them are can be as thin as like hair like mm-hmm. human hair don't you think oh yeah like if you had like a little bit thicker curly hair or your asian hair mm-hmm. <gasps> you know what they really they remind <laughs> me of vermicelli noodles i don't know what like that the is. asian like the asian vermicelli noodles that you see in like spring rolls um, you know okay, how yeah. those are like really, really thin. Yeah. How do you sp- how do you spell that? Ver. B e r m i c e l l i. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Oh yeah. Now I get it. I agree. But sometimes, like even thinner than that, like just so so thin. You know, They're skinny legend. And so, yeah, I'm just, I'm just mindful about how fast it dries out and, um, and what specifically I think that Hoya needs, because I know, I feel like, especially with thin leaves, like you can, you can keep it in a smaller pot, um, opposed to like a lot of my like bigger, thicker leaf toy. Like I know like, oh, that's going to have to go into a big pot. So like, that's mm-hmm. something that I think about for like the future, but 
I just kind of play by play by eye. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I guess we are lucky. Like you said, we grow on hydro. So like my Mappy Jera is in a really big, deep pot because I took the cash po to at home and found like a bunch of pots that it fit and it fit like a really deep pot. And so it's nice because I can put more nutrient solution in there than I do any of my other plants and it will stay hydrated longer. Um, with soil, I guess maybe you could maybe add an amendment in there, but again, we're not the soil experts, so don't take our word for it. I mean, I have grown things in soil and I have things in soil now, but if you have like a really chunky mix, maybe add something that's a little more moisture retentive, some more cocoa choir or something in it to retain a bit more, more moisture for your thin leaved. I would agree. And maybe not put it in a terracotta pot. Yeah, definitely don't put it in terracotta. Terracotta dries out so fast for especially that type of a hoya you know so something to consider okay but as you're growing these because i feel like a lot of times as soon as like you get to a certain number of hoya or your collection gets to a certain size the thing that you start wondering about is space and with space comes can this trail can this trellis what are we doing but I feel like the other conundrum when it comes to thin-leaved is like, can I trellis this? Like, how does how does this grow? Because I feel like the thinner leaves are the ones where it's not just like, oh, do you do you you know grow epiphytically? It's they're they're like branching, bushy type hoya, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's my struggle with um, with mine. I have trellised one, the Mapigera. I don't know if I love how it looks in a trellis. I mean, I go back and forth sometimes, but I kind of liked when it was just like hanging out, but it got so heavy that it was constantly tipping itself over because the pot I had it in wasn't a very sturdy pot. I think I trellised it because I wanted the room. You know, when you have a bunch of plants just like dangling, you you walk by, you can knock it over. Yeah. Oh, 100%. When I first got the Mapigera, it was growing so fast and I had it in a cabinet and I really liked the look of it just doing its thing, not on a trellis, mm-hmm, but then too. it was in one corner of the cabinet and it got to the point where it was now touching the other side of the cabinet. And then at that point, it's like, okay, if I don't control where this is going, where is it going to go? <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? Cause we don't have like this endless space that it can just do like whatever it wants. And so I have that one on a trellis, but I have decided because, you know, my tried and true trick, look and see what <laughs> other people do, see how that plant grows. And so there's some where I just really love the branching look and I don't want to put it on a trellis. So there's some that I've decided, okay, I'm not going to put you on a trellis. You're just going to grow branching, but that means you can't grow in a cabinet because Ooh. Because how, how is it going to grow branching in the cabinet yeah, you when it's going to touch one end of the glass to the other end of the glass? So um, specifically my frog foot and platycollis and Suryazana, I decided I want those ones to just grow how they're going to grow and branch. And I don't want to put them on a trellis. So I actually, I, I actually put them out into ambient about a month and a half ago. They're doing great. Yeah. Okay. So so you consider those ones thin leaved. I do. Okay. Yeah. Those roots in my prop box for those. Cause you, you gave cuttings of those to me Mm -hmm. recently. The Surisana was the only one that was rooted. I think that you gave me as a rooted one. Um, the others, like the pots are full of roots. Yeah. It's just like twisting around. Crazy. So I had them in just a little Melfo pot, you know, how big are those Melfo pots? They're like 2.5 inches. I think they're like three, three, 3.5, but they're deep. Yeah, they are. They are. But I graduated them out of there and I put them into a deeper, like 4.5 inch pot just to give them a little bit more room. But I also wanted to put it into a pot that was heavy because they're going to be branching and I don't want them to tip over. And I feel like heavier plants don't sit well in the mouthful pots because they're just plastic, you know? Mm-hmm. So I put them into a heavier pot and I'm like, all right, I'm just going to let you do your thing because that's how I want you to grow. Yeah. So we'll see what happens. <laughs> oh, see, I do love them branching too. Like my Medusa, Hoya Medusa, I don't think I'll ever, which used to be Cotton Bell, right? Yes, Hoya Medusa. I don't think I'm ever going to trellis that one. I just like how it looks. You shouldn't. I tried trellising mine. Mm-hmm. I, I didn't like how it ended up looking. So I actually cut it all the way back to restart it. 
because it grows really fast. Yeah. And so I'm just restarting it and letting it um, do its thing. Yeah. I think it's cuter that way. Plus you get, you get a fuller plant quicker. Mm-hmm. Once that branch starts dipping below, it'll shoot off another vine and then another vine and then another vine. So hundred percent. But I have to like pick and choose, you know, because I don't have the room for all of them to be branching as much as I would like <laughs> yeah. to have more that are branching. But even an ambient, like if you put one branching plant at the end of a shelf that you can't put like three, four, five. Well, I won't because I don't want the foliage touching, but you can't put like three, four, five, six on there. It's like, okay, you got to pick like two and then you only have so much shelf space. So it's a whole thing. But, you know, once again, your plant's growing, you know, it's a yeah. good problem to have. It is a good problem to have. <laughs> See, my problem is I can't have them like that because my hair always catches at the end of them and then I just bring everything down with me. And then I don't clean it up for three or four days. I know, yeah. Well, not the cleaning up part. I mean, <laughs> the I hair have, getting cut. Yeah, yeah, when I had long hair, when my hair was longer, it would constantly get stuck in tendrils. Or vines. <laughs> not tendrils. All right, so now we're gonna now we're gonna get into the not so fun portion pests. I mean, we've already kind of alluded to the fact that thin leaves are spider mite magnets, but that for sure is the case. Yeah, I, I'm not saying that I get them all the time, mm-hmm. but I did have a medinolifolia, and um. I was like, you know what? I, I want to try and see how this grows in ambient because that one is kind of funny where you can't really trellis it super well, but then you can't really let it branch because the, the leaves get like so big, but I kind of wanted to have like that branching growth. So I was like, the only way I can do that is if I put it in ambient. So I took a cutting, I rooted it and then I potted it up and it was pretty well established and I put it into ambient and I kid you not, like a week later, one of the leaves was like yellowing and I touched it and it fell off and I flipped it over covered in spider mites. Yeah. That's crazy. So that being said, it's not that if you're, if you have a thin leaf, you're going to get spider mites, right. but that would probably, like you said, will be where you would find them if you want, if you were going to find them. Yeah. Big time. Cause it happened to my Hoya Bella, like very quickly this, this season. Well, this season, meaning like this year, it happened yeah. in the summer. It was like one day it was fine. And then all of a sudden there's like encased vines and webs. And I was like, what the hell? But I'm like, I don't even know where it came from, though, because then I got freaked out. And I was like, oh, my gosh, I need to check my other one, like my main mother plant. Because I'm like, I mean, it probably ha- came from me. It has if to I have you come the, from somewhere. If I give you those. Remember, I gave you that mixed pot of Bella. No, but that I did this last winter. Oh, okay. So it would have been at the beginning of this year. Okay, so it was like beginning me. of this year, like January, February around there. But none of my other plants had it. That was the only one. So I'm like, I don't know, like where, sometimes I wonder like, where did this come from? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But yeah, I don't know. I've been living with spider mites. They are now my roommates. <laughs> Thank you, Hoya vaccinoides, Hoya bella green form, and Hoya im08. I literally, okay, I'm bad at, like, keeping up with, like, <laughs> anti-mite you things. All, no, I'm kidding. Wow, Me, really? You're, you're a realistic plant parent. I am, but I'll spray them, and literally, like, three days later, I'll look, and it's already covered again. So, Yikes. a couple of days ago, I just literally cut them at the base. Mm. And I'm like, if you guys restart, good, and if you don't. It was good. It was Hasta good while la vista. Via con I'm, Dios. I'm not here for a long time. I'm here for a good time. Yeah. They were not here for a long time or a good time. <laughs> because I literally just got those from you like, what, four months ago? And they did just fine for a while. But I think I went and picked up a plant and I did not quarantine it. And now I'm learning my lesson. Yeah. You got to quarantine it. So everything's dead. I mean, not, but everything's <laughs> Definitely got like a crew cut. It's just a reflection of our souls. Yes. (laughs) But not to say that means that you're going to get spider mites because literally, okay, I can't say this because now I'm scared that there's spider mites, but whenever you say it, you know, but like that was the only one that had it, you know? So I think it's more so saying like, okay, if you have more thinner leaf toy in your collection, like when you're watering, it's as simple as just 
flip the leaves over and just look and just be more mindful, I guess what it is. Because if you are more mindful and you see it and you catch it, then it's easy to eradicate. You know what I mean? Like you mm-hmm. can you can get rid of it. So I yeah. think that's more. I definitely like a year ago had a habit of every watering was like alcohol spray and like pests check. And I definitely lost that this year. So like I can see the consequences of my action. Um, I've also had pests on my thicker leaf. It's not just a thin. It just seems to like be more, more noticeable and more intense on my thin, thinner leaf Hoyas. Um, and again, because I don't care for them as much, I'm not constantly looking at them. I'm not constantly preventing it like I am for my thicker leaf, bigger leaf Hoya. Yeah. So yeah, this is in no way like that all they are is pest. Mic- no, like all nature has pests at some point, but I have seen some pretty big thin leaf collections that are not like that. I would say that's some that's a pest that I've dealt with. Now, see, again, like you just said, Lydia, I don't want to say that I've never dealt with these because then the world's going to be like, well, here you go. Crush and burn. <laughs> but like thrips, I've never fully dealt with on a level that I know some people have. I mean, I did have thrips on my micans. I eradicated them and thankfully it was secluded. But I feel like that would be pretty detrimental to a thin leaf Toya. But again, I've not had experience with that. A spider mites is really the only one. And then, well, root mealies or any mealies. But I've never had above the above the root mealies. Yeah, I'm kind of scared <laughs> saying all these things. Because I'm staying pretty quiet over here. <laughs> Remember, all, all I'm saying is <laughs> when just... we were doing manifestations <laughs> at the beginning of 2023, we manifested no bugs. And I don't know, we like, there have the been bugs. Have been through. <laughs> we cursed ourselves. Um, so now I'm like, okay, like, you know, <laughs> when this episode goes out, the new year just started. We can't be like bad jujuing ourselves. Yeah. So spider mites are what uh, they're most prone to. I would say that yes. the, the normal everyday Hoya grow would probably run into. Um, and you know, it's not the end of the world. I know it's gross, especially like my Bella, the condition that it was in was embarrassing because I'm like, who the hell am I? Because it was a point where I was, it looked like those trees that like those caterpillars spin their silk all around. And it's just like encased entire vines in this like webbing. And I was like, what the heck? But you know, every other day, like hard spray all over the plant with in the shower, I did that for a couple of weeks and then just never came back. So mm-hmm. it's gross. It's surprising, but it's not a death sentence. Well, I mean, it can be a death sentence for some Hoya, but my Bella, it did bounce back. Remember how bad it looked? Yeah, I know. But now it's gorgeous. All yeah. over it. it almost looked like that fuzzy obscura, obscura that Lydia swore was silver. <laughs> That's what your Bella looked like. <laughs> Cause it was so covered in the spider yeah. bites. Oh, I love to make Lydia roll her eyes. My <laughs> eyes rolled so much. I almost lost an eyeball. I know. <laughs> all right. Well, is that it for our thin leafed babe? Okay. Well, let's go around. What's your, when you got a name or whether you have it or not, your favorite thin leaf. Yes. And we should also real quick make recommendations for a thin leafed, a thin leaf Hoya that we will recommend to a beginner and a thin leaf Hoya that we would recommend in general because it has the beautiful blooms. Okay. Well, you go first. Okay. So well, let's start with a, a thin leaf Hoya we would recommend to a beginner. I would say if you are a beginner, leaved wanting to love Hoya person really depends on the bloom that you're wanting but if you are just like you know what I just really want to get my feet started in thin leaved Hoya like I don't care what <laughs> what the what the bloom is I would say either get a haliconensis or allogensis they're pod sisters I believe but a thin leaved Hoya and literally less than a year ago, I got a, I think it was a two node um, rooted cutting from Wendy. And it is now in a six inch pot. The vines are wrapped over and over and over. And there are so many new vines on it. Like I cannot even keep up. And the blooms are, the blooms are kind of cute. I got to say. So, you know, I think those two 
are a really good one if you want to, you know, give yourself like a confidence boost on like growing thinner leaf Toya. Um, and so those two I would recommend to any beginner. I would say because I have it here and I think it has been easy is my, well, I have the Micabellus here on the table because I, I grabbed it while Lydia was talking because I wanted to look at the roots because I was like, oh, I wonder what the roots are. And um, I, the Micabellus has been pretty easy for me in ambient, like not super needy. So that would be mine, the Micabellus or the Mapagera. And the blooms are gorgeous on both. Very unique. And you're not going to get them on any other Hoya. No, the Micabellus is, I mean... In the Let's Talk Hoya bloom calendar, it's my favorite photo. I just love, they just look like the adorable little bell. Like, like I just, they're fuzzy, so cute. But also just so vibrant, yes. you know? Beautiful blooms. Yeah. Um, so one that I do have in my collection and that I have been trying to kill for the past six months and refuses to go is Hoya Lobby. Lobby. I don't know how you guys say that. They are not big leaves, but they are thin. And that plant has rerooted so many times. I will attest to its sturdiness. So I think that's a good starter one. And also, I know I said this earlier, Hoya Papashoniae. I feel like um, you can tingle around with that and, and hopefully have some success. Yeah. Tingle around with it. <laughs> yeah. It takes two to tango. What was the other one you wanted us to say? Something for um, a unique bloom. Yes, a thin leaf Toya that has a really pretty unique bloom that you've seen that you haven't seen on any other Hoya that you would recommend. Hoya Companion Lotto right away. True. That bloom looks like the lanterns you you let go of on New Year's or Love Day or whatever it is. Um, I think that's really cute and I want that in my collection just for that. So you said that and my immediate in my head I was like, ooh, Hoya and Flata, but that's not thin leafed. Yeah. I don't think we could classify Inflata. I mean, the Wallichii subspecies Timbrosa, I really like because it's on the the outer part of the corolla is like a cream colored, mm -hmm. but the inner part of the corolla, like getting to the inside of the flower, is like a deep burgundy. I mean, it's so like the color is just so potent. Yeah, I want to say it's really pretty. Mm-hmm. Definitely a pretty one. Um, a thin-leaved Hoya bloom that I'm really hoping to get one day. And so I'm going to recommend to, you know, y'all listeners. Also has been a very easy grower for me. So it's Hoya Lina Vergre. Lina Vergre. I don't know how to say it. Uh, but it's L-I-N-A-V. E-R-G-A-R-A-E. Cute. There's do you a have this yellow one? one. I do. There's a yellow one and there's a pink one, but they're almost these just like really cute bell-shaped blooms. Yeah. And the Corolla can either be pink or yellow. As far as I know, those are the two colors that there are. But it's a real cutie. So I'm really hoping that mine will bloom one day. So we'll see. Ooh, add that to my list, Lydia. You know, the funny <laughs> thing is, it. I think the blooms are, well, there's the foliage and there's the blooms. I think the blooms are teetering to towards that bloom shape that you don't like that has the claw, like where the... Oh, the Australis. See, but these ones, the Corollas are wider. Yeah. So that's mm -hmm. wider or white, wide, or, oh, wide, okay. yeah, wider. yeah. And, and, and it has like the bell shape to it, you know, yeah. well, like Australis blooms. No. Oh, you know what? One has cute um, blooms, the acutest porcelana. Yes. And she's a thin leaf, babe. Mm, I don't think I would no? classify hers. Okay. No. I would say it's one of those ones that it's like in the middle. Yeah. Right? What about yeah. Buntock silver? Also think, in the middle. I think that's like in the middle. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, y'all talking Try like again. paper thing. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> y'all. <laughs> anyway. Okay, but but now that we've already kindled our love for Thin Leaf Toya, 
<laughs> oh, I should say for beginners, multiflora would be also a good oh, one yeah. for beginners. Oh, classic. Yeah. Classic. Foliage and you'll get the blooms and you'll be happy. Yeah. And if you get a multiflora and you're like, huh, I wonder where I can get more information about multiflora. Episode 35 by Let's Talk Hoya. We have Heck a whole yeah. species spotlight on multiflora. <laughs> Perfect. Okay, what is one last last thing wish list? A thin leaf toya that you would like to like to have in your collection. I think that was your question, wasn't it, Adam? Well, no, mine was a favorite, but that's how to be wish list. A favorite. Okay, okay, yeah. Um, you know, I don't really have one, but now I'm gonna say or one if you have it and you want to see the bloom. Well, I really want to see the bloom on the Medusa. Oh, me too. Because that's where the name kind of came from, and I want to see that in real life. They do look really cute. But now, after this episode, I kind of want to try the metanilifolia. Metanilifolia. Because I feel like I've seen Miro have that one, too. Yes, Miro has a gore. Oh, my gosh. I just watched his video that just came out a couple of weeks ago, and this is November. So I think he put it out in October, if anybody wants to see it. 2023. But he has a huge metanilifolia and it's just branching and the leaves are ginormous and it's just like it's like it's huge yeah so i would like to i think i would like to try that one um just because i like a little challenge too but um blooms though i definitely want to see the medusa like 100 percent. i i look at that thing almost weekly to see if like a peduncle is coming I haven't seen a peduncle on mine yet and it's really sad. I think I have to like let it grow out and that's why I kind of chopped it back because I was okay. I'm going to let this grow out. I want it to look the way I want it to look not on a trellis because a trellis didn't now work out. So yeah. <laughs> um, One for you, Jesse. I'm going to be very basic. Campanulato Splash. Oh, that oh. is pretty. Because I just saw one on Instagram and I was like, ooh, what's that? And I was like, oh, it's the, but I would try it. I'd give it a little spotty spot in my cabinet. Campanulotas are actually pretty easy growers. Okay. I've seen, I've seen people grow them in ambient. I think initially, like as it's adjusting and acclimating, some of the leaves can maybe get crispy on the edge, but if you kind of keep it going, then you have a campanulata, can... right? Mm-hmm. I have a campanulata. I have I... campanulata. Maybe next time you're over Splash here, place, you can trip and... Oops, I tripped in my scissors. But mine, it finally bloomed and the, um, the Coronas were little mutants. Oh yeah, that's And they all came out as like little Siamese twins. Like the Coronas like were literally meshed together. Yeah. Wow. I don't have a disappointing moment of my life. I I can't remember all the ones you gave me recently, but that one wasn't one. Do you want one though? I mean, I kind of, maybe, yeah. That one is cute. I love the blooms because the unique thing about the Campanulata, in my opinion, is they usually, there's a cluster of the blooms. Some mm-hmm. of these like thin leaved ones, it might just be a single, single bloom. Some, not all of them. Some the ones that I have experienced are single bloom kind of thing. For me, I can't remember if I have this Hoya. <laughs> um, I've acquired quite a few this year, so... I th- I think I think I do. I can't remember. But Hoya Megalantha blooms. Ooh. Oh. I really, really, really of all of my plants that I have, of all my Hoya that I have, Hoya Megalantha, I want to see those blooms. They're like they almost look like satiny almost. And the outside of the Corolla is like a peachy pink. That's almost like rose gold. Yes, almost like rose gold. The inside is definitely like a blush color and the the corona it's like peachy to very very bright burgundy and the blooms are huge. They're very big. I mean, someone posted a picture and the whole umble of blooms like sits in her palm. She could have tiny hands like you too. Okay, well, <laughs> but if it were just in my palm, it still sits in my palm. Here's one in Doug's palm. palm. I mean, it's they're big. They yeah, are gorgeous. Stunning, I love that it's like stunning. a ball. It reminds me so back in the day, like we used to make these like Christmas decorations where you glued like plastic cups together mm-hmm. and put Christmas lights in them. 
in this and it looks like the in my mind it's like the campanulate blooms and it was just like a ball of like that you just hung from your roof like a mistletoe mistletoe ball um no kind of like a makeshift disco ball kind of yeah okay i never did that but i think i've seen it online so yeah see thin leaves yeah no really they do have their allure they have their redeeming points um i think my the saltiness that you might have felt during this episode is mainly because they really require care and that's not something that i've yet learned to provide so i'm a little bit i'm a little bit like salty about leaf hoyas but they are beautiful <laughs> and there are people who's who's that is their ministry <laughs> and let me tell you you should not be intimidated no. because they got the blooms they grow fast and they will just love you back so much yeah so everybody should get a thin leaf for you <laughs> And when you get that thin leaf Toya, make sure you take a photo of it and you tag us at let's dot talk let's dot talk Hoya on Instagram. We'd love to see them. We'd love to send you see your not even new ones you have to get. Show us your thin leafed babes. Show us your blooms. Yeah. Um, answer our question. What's your favorite one? And you can also follow us individually on Instagram. My Instagram is at not dude. I'm at thegreenplant.az. And I'm at Perritos y Plants. Adios. Adios. Bye. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today.